Hey lovelies, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that Black and Gold Friday is almost here. It's the Black Friday sales with that Gold Star Impact experience. The sale will be happening this upcoming Thursday, November 26th through the following Monday, November 30th. Everything on the site will be 20% off. That includes clearance items that are already reduced 40 to 70%. You'll be able to take an additional 20% off of those. And I said gold star experience. So those clearance items are the only items that will be final sale. Everything else that you see on the site will be able to be returned with free shipping in the U.S. This includes the origami dress. This includes the most perfect mask. This includes the coziest scarf. And if you'd like early access, you can swipe up on the cover art, go to the show notes, and sign up. You can also sign up at impactfashionnyc.com by scrolling to the very bottom of any page and putting in your email. I'll also send you the secrets your tailor won't tell you as a little treat. I can't wait to shop with you and enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. And on today's show, I talk with a lingerie shop owner about how her husband's project slowly became her true passion. We discuss the space cute bras and lingerie have in the Orthodox community, why her training process is so extensive, and why she truly couldn't care less what you think. I first met Rafi Rosenthal at a trade show around three years ago. She was taking Sarif Bacon, a previous podcast guest, around the show to recruit brands for the Lynx store. All I can say is that I am very grateful for that day because it brought two very dear friends into my life. So yes, an ultra-Orthodox Hasidish woman who spends her day surrounded by bras and panties might seem strange to you, but sit back and enjoy Rachi Rosenthal. I was a very serious, I think I'm still the same way, just a serious, very good girl. I always laid low. I was never uh, the fun instigator. That's not who I am. <laughs> You're very by and the it's book. It's funny to see it in my kids. Sometimes oh, really? I look at my son and I'm like, "Can you like? Can you like? Just do a trouble. <laughs> just do something. Do a prank. <laughs> You're too good to me." How old is he? He's eleven. Oh, I mean, it's, you st- it's just very, it's, it's a moment where you realize it's weird. All of a sudden you realize, oh, that's my son and he's a carbon copy of me. <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> it's surreal. <laughs> I am I am exactly a carbon copy of my mom. We have very similar personalities, like literally right down to the movies and books that we like. We're pretty much exactly the same. And anyone, like when people call my parents' house and if I happen to pick up, People will assume that I'm her. We sound so alike. We're we're basically the same person. That's re- it's really interesting, right? The gene games is strong. <laughs> yes, very, very much, very much so. So I know you, and a couple people listening to this might know you as the owner of Myself Lingerie, and I'd love to know more about how how that came to be and 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 how that got started. So actually, it's the most common asked question. I get I I literally I think probably two or three times every day I get asked that question so 
it's pretty repetitive to me by now, but I'll tell, I'll share the story. Um, my in-laws own a rope store, a loungewear store in Williamsburg. They've been doing that for the last 30 something years. So the idea of lounge is not, you know, foreign. Um, my husband basically grew up in the loungewear industry. Um, and they did have like a little section in their store where they sold some bras and panties. Now there was no fitting involved. It's just like if you happen to have found the product that was your size, you took it off the rack and you put it. So that's where it all started. It wasn't such a foreign concept to us. And, and I, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you like very immediately just go in to start, you know, to start working on these bras and panties or were you doing something else beforehand? What made you, okay, what made so you decide I, to turn it into, you know, it's a thing. How'd that happen? Okay, so I was working full time for my parents. They own a Judaica company and I, I joined their team literally when I was right out of high school. And what I did there was I set up their online division. So I started the, that business sector from scratch and I grew it to an amazing, unbelievable um, online company. And I did that for nine years. At the time I was married and I had three children and my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, okay, this is amazing. This is beautiful. You're doing well. But is this really what we want long-term? So then my husband brainstormed and he, you know, we looked around and, and he, he was telling me, you know, there, there are so few lingerie stores in Barapur that specifically cater to the needs of most women, right? So I was, I'm not going to tell you that there were no lingerie stores, but what he was looking at, he definitely felt that there was a certain part that was lacking a certain type of a store that was lacking. So I did not jump on board right away. I was afraid, quite honestly, I said here, I have a steady income opening a new business. I don't even know what that entails. I was a little shaky, but he was more gutsy than me. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to do it. And never mind, my husband's learning. So it's not like, you know, he was leaving a job we were living off our income, right? You're, My you were, income. Right. You were in a situation which, um, which a lot of Orthodox Jews have, which is, um, for a portion, usually towards the beginning of the marriage, a lot of times, um, the husbands will dedicate their time to Torah study and they, I mean, he was probably getting like a kolel check, which is not livable. No, he was not. Oh, he wasn't even. Okay. So sometimes they'll have like a very small stipend, which is not a livable thing. And in your case, your income was the sole income and you had three babies to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. That's stressful. So it was very stressful at the time. I think it was just a God giving gift that I was a little naive. Let's put it that way. I'm like, okay, you want to do it, do it, go for it. So he went and he started, he, he employed my sister-in-law that worked for my in-laws for very many years to research the market, to see, you know, what's needed, which brands are worthy of, of, you know, bringing in and why. So she was amazing. She helped us with, you know, all the, the background checking and the investigating and it was amazing. She came back to my husband with basically lists of stuff. And then my husband got to work on opening accounts with all the brands. 
I laugh when I think about this, like, really, like you really let him do that. But again, I was like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I, I don't you're know. Still working like, full time at this point. I'm still working full time yeah. and I'm just too nervous about what he has up his sleeve, but I totally like, I didn't want to think about it. I gave it over to him. You do it. You take care of it. And let's see where this takes us. So at this point he's opening up accounts. Most of the accounts um, were opened immediately at one or two brands that were iffy to come on board, but they later came around right away. And so we now have open accounts. And the space where we're actually at still today, hopefully not for too much longer, mm. he scouted. He went around in his car and he's like, I like this. I like this spot. It's, you know, it's unique. It's not on the avenue. It's a space where women will still feel comfortable and not exposed. Sort of like, you know, when you're shopping on the avenue, I don't know if you really want to jump in and do bra fitting. You know what I mean? Right. It's a little bit off the main drag. Exactly. It was a clothing store there for very many years and they were struggling and, you know, they kept on advertising sale, sale, sale. I think they were trying to just liquidate their goods. And he approached them and he said, listen, I need this space. Are you going to leave? And they're like, yeah, maybe this month, next month. And he was so adamant to get them out that he actually paid them to leave. Wow. And he left and they left it took them a month or two and they left and at that point my husband was putting in ads it's it's, it's surreal to repeat the story by the way <laughs> he was putting an ad in the local papers that he's looking for an experienced bra fitter now i don't even it's probably not in the local jewish publications because you can't even write that out um i don't even remember like exactly which you know which newspaper but the ads went out and we actually had somebody respond and she used to do fittings for Macy's back in the day when Macy's still fit people and they still altered bras and we hired her and that's how the store opened. So the store opened with a small selection of, we tried to keep it safe. We just literally had black, white, and nude bras. Um, and now you were in the store, so you know, it's <laughs> the very store colorful looks far from that today. But that's how we opened. Again, I was not involved. I let my husband play it safe. And all I did was I ended up joining the team just to add the items to the system, to receive orders, to place orders, very low key. And I would make it my business to go to the store on Sundays when I wasn't working at my full-time job. I, it was still my business, you know, it was still my husband's business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let me put it that way. And, and, okay, let me see what I can do and, and, and what I can, what I can feel about this place. I realized really early on, and I think that was brilliant of my husband that he's, he, he, he did what he felt the market really needed, but he waited for me very calmly to turn around and to say, I'm ready to do this. So in the first year of that, when the store was opened, I was there and I was, sort of like listening to what women were saying. I heard women tell the fitter, you know, why don't you have colorful stuff? Why don't you have pretty lingerie? Why don't you have, and I took note of that. And I do have to say that while we opened the store physically, we were doing a full year of research before that, um, researching the whole, the whole idea of bra fitting. What is bra fitting? What does it entail? not only the physical, but the psychological and the emotional. So 
when I was actually standing in the store, I realized everything was coming full circle. And I, I realized, okay, I, I got to join. If I want to make this business succeed, like who am I fooling? Just myself. And um, I'm going to backtrack a second. When we chose our name, right, myself, we immediately then felt that we were going to fill a certain niche in the market that I don't think existed before we opened. I'm pretty sure, for sure not in the local community, maybe somewhere in the big world out there, of telling a woman it's time for yourself. That's the actual motto that's on the wall in the Brooklyn store. When you walk in, that's what you see. It says, it has our logo, myself, it's time for yourself. Meaning, take care of yourself, give yourself the time you need, you matter. And the whole idea of self-care for women back then, eight years ago, was not very popular. You know, like, it's a trend lately. But back then, we felt we wanted to create a boutique, basically giving women a spa experience with bras. So call you, it the bra experience. And you you really, really have accomplished that. You really, really do that. And I think that it's worth noting at this point, um, if someone hasn't gathered yet from the neighborhoods and places that you're mentioning, you are operating mainly within a, a Hasidish clientele. Um, uh, and what, I wouldn't say Hasidish. It's uh, an Orthodox clientele. Okay, but fair, we, fair but enough. But we cater to all different types and stripes. Quite literally, if, if you look at the products we carry, there is something for everybody there. Right. And I find, what I find it so interesting is that, you know, when I walked into your, I've been, I've had the honor of being at both of your stores at both the bar park and the liquid locations. And there, I was almost expecting for it to be like, like you said, black, white, and nude, um, for those to be the options. And there are, there's tons of color. There's tons of lace. There's tons of just frankly, really beautiful, sexy stuff that you wouldn't expect to find at a store that mainly caters to an Orthodox clientele. And you said yourself, that was something that you assumed at the very beginning, that that was only what people wanted. Aside from just hearing people say, you know, why don't you have something that's a little more color? What, what do you, what do you make of that? That like, that's, that's the assumption that even, even us who grew up in this system, and we know so many different types of women, we still have we still had that assumption. I was legitimately surprised to see color there and, and some really nice stuff. So again, in the beginning, we played it safe just because my sister-in-law was the one, you know, that gave us the recommendations of what the other stores were carrying and selling well. And we did want to, we wanted to play it safe, right? I was investing, by the way, I didn't even take out a loan. I took all my savings and I had quite a lot saved up. And invested it into my business. So I didn't want to invest in like things that I wasn't sure was really going to sell. And also, I didn't want to be the one to start carrying different things right away and then get labeled as like inappropriate in an Orthodox community. So I grew it organically, listening to what people wanted. And then based on that, I started bringing in some color. Um, and it wasn't only about bringing in color, it was learning the market. And even today, every single product that I bring in, it could be beautiful, it could be colorful, it's functional. I don't bring in a piece just because it's pretty. It needs to serve a purpose. If I cannot sell it as a functional piece that you can wear 
during the day, at night, and anytime you wish to wear it, then I didn't accomplish my mission. You know, lingerie is expensive. And given the fact that it's, it's handmade, it's, it's curated lace, it's, there's a lot going in, into bras or lingerie, you know. But when I bring in a piece, it has been test fitted. I have seen the piece either on a staff member or on a model, on a live model. And only then, if it really passes, you know, the criteria that I look for, will I bring it in? Because if somebody's paying 70, 80, 90, or whatever a bra costs, the value has to be there. What are, what are some um, things that you're looking for? What are those criteria that you're looking for? So it has to be able to fit properly. Um, I will not bring in a bra that doesn't have a good fit reputation. Even within, I'm not going to name brands, but some of the brand names can sometimes put out pieces that are disastrous. So it has to be able to fit. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it needs to fit 100% of the clients, but because everyone's body type and body shape is different, but it needs to serve a purpose that when the model at the show is putting on this piece, I can tell right away. This piece will fit, this piece won't fit. This piece will support, this piece won't support. Um, so that's basically what I look for. Fit, support, lift is number one on my list. And then of course, you know, like, will the color, will I be able to sell those colors? I do, I, at this point, I figured out already what colors sell well and what colors don't sell so well. Um, and also the quality, very, very, very important. Sometimes I'm tempted to bring in a piece that is just beautiful, but I know that the brand does not have a good reputation of quality. I will not bring it in. I don't want to sell a customer a piece where we took effort and time to fit her and then having her come back in a week or two and t show me, look like this whole thing came apart. Right. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so disastrous. I want to backtrack for a little bit because you mentioned in passing the emotional side to, to bra fitting, um, and to what you do. And I'd love to, I'd love for you to elaborate more on that and to talk more about, you know, what, what do you mean by that? Um, before I go into like in depth, I just want to share a little story that I had this past Sunday in the shop. I was in the Brooklyn location. And a woman cornered me and she tells me, are you Rachel? In the store, they referred to me as Rachel. And I said, yes. And she says, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, sure. And I'm used to it. You know, I can get negative. I can get positive. I don't know what's waiting for me. And she tells me, I want you to know the experience I had. And she looks at me and she tells me, I'm a therapist. And I'm like, ooh, I love that. Let me hear what you're going to tell me. And she tells me, my son is getting engaged tomorrow. All of a sudden, I look around. I have beautiful dresses. Nothing looks proper. My bras are, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm like a pity party. I don't know where to put myself. I don't know what to do with myself. So I came in with my dress in tow, and I told your fitter, I said, listen, my son is getting engaged tomorrow. You need to make me look normal. And she tells me, I was so blown away, not only because of the piece that she sold me, but the way she sold it to me how she spoke to me, how she spoke to my mind, how she spoke to my, to my figure, how I was so blown away. She tells me like, I, I, I can't believe the experience I just had. And I looked at her and I said, you know, what you just said out of your mouth 
is just um, reinforcing my vision. I'm so happy that you as a therapist were able to pick up what goes into training profiters. It's not only about training them how to measure. What I realized right away, and there's, of course, profiting is a science. It is a science. You got to know what you're doing, and it's either you know it or you don't. But after we focus on fitting, and I want to say this, all our fitters are trained in-house. I don't take any fitter, like if somebody applies for the job and tells me, yeah, I've gone to, you know, fit school. I've gone to, that's a girl I will not hire because I want them to come fresh, energetic, and we literally build them up from scratch. They go through rigorous, rigorous training in-house and all our fitters are fit the same way across the board. And once I feel that this is a person that's picking up the skill, like she's gonna, she's gonna figure it out, that's when we start investing the energy in educating them about the emotional aspect that women are vulnerable species. <laughs> you gotta be careful what you say, how you say it. And you have an opportunity, you have an opportunity, you have a woman standing in front of you, most likely birthed a couple of children or a young teenager that's coming in for the first time. She is literally making it her pen. She's nervous, she's afraid. Then you have that anxious bride that's getting married. You're looking at that person that's standing in front of you and you have the opportunity to build her. You have the opportunity to infuse confidence in her. And when I see a woman coming out of the fitting room and I see that look on her face like, wow, that was a, such an amazing experience. I feel so good about myself. That's when I know that I really, really accomplished our mission. So yes, when people tell me, okay, so yeah, there's, there's lots of bra stores. How do you differ? I tell them, look, I'm not going to tell you. I want you to come into the store, get fitted, feel that experience, and then you tell me how we differ. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And you mentioned, you know, building people up and, you know, and training in that, that emotion. That's something that I think we could all use in our lives, the ability to know how to speak to other people in a way that, that builds them up. What's something that you, you know, what's, what's something practical that our listeners could, could take away from this? How's a, how, what is something that you tell your fitter so that they know how to build the women who are in a very vulnerable position with them, how to build them up as opposed to tear them down? So rule number one is we never talk about sizing or you're big, you're small, you're flat chested, you're, we avoid any of that. And we do that by making that woman feel calm. Number one, you're coming into the room. We're going to measure you. Okay. And the minute, you know, they start measuring, it's like, what size am I? Like, how much have I grown? It doesn't matter. Let's put you in a piece or two. Let's see what works for you. And then we'll figure out your size. So it, number one, calm, just calm down. It's going to be good. You're in good hands. We're taking care of you. I really look for, I can say that my entire team, they're soft-spoken, they're calm, they're happy. And don't get me wrong, everybody has challenges in their lives. 
But I always say when you're in the store, when you're in the moment, that's the look you need to give. You need to be calm. You need to be happy. You need to be relaxed. Don't show that woman that you're going to kick her out in five minutes. I'm here for you. And then once we start going through the training process, and sometimes, you know, you hear women say, I'm so fat, or I'm so small, or I'm so big, or guess what? You're a woman. That's how God created you. Appreciate it. Be grateful. I know it's not the image you have in your head of what you want to look like, but would you rather? And then think of like worst case scenario. So appreciate your body and we try to help you appreciate it. Well, we, we carry over a hundred different bra styles because if this one doesn't look good, let's try something else. We're going to work with you until you feel comfortable, until you feel like you look amazing. And I always say it's not hard to achieve. If you're a sensitive person, you can do it. And yeah. again, I'm not going to say that women are never rude. I'm not going to say that sometimes customers are downright nasty. But I always look at the bigger picture. Like you being nasty, you being rude, you're probably not comfortable with your body. So you're giving it out on me or on my fitters. But for most women, when they feel valued, when they feel taken care of, when they come in and they feel like this fitter is holding my hand and she's walking me through the bra fitting process and she will not sell me a bra until I'm really happy with the way I look, it doesn't take much. Most women come around. <laughs> and yeah, it's happy. true. And, I, and I, I think that applies to a lot of things in life. When people feel that they're getting your full attention, that they're getting your full um you know, when you're really devoting the time to them, then, you know, that's, that's probably the, that's, I think the best way for someone to feel seen and heard and, and built up and not distracted in that way. It's true. I always say, you know what, if you're nice and you're calm and you're happy, people feel it. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's, you mentioned that sometimes people are downright nasty. I'm very tempted to ask you for dressing room horror stories, but I will not. <laughs> Cause I know, I know, I know that you won't answer the question, but I'm sure that you could write a book. Um, probably more than one <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and I think it'll be a good seller. I promise you. Um, but we, we have to, we have we to are we have... all about confidentiality. Um, whatever is said in the fitting room stays in the fitting room. And another reason why all of my staff is not Jewish. It's for that reason. I choose to not hire from within the community. Um, bra fitting is a very intimate experience. Yes, women feel vulnerable in the fitting room. They're standing there, they're naked. And sometimes, you know, when you're in that intimate moment, you start sharing things that you'd be pretty embarrassed if you meet that fitter in synagogue on the holiday or when you're going to a close friend's wedding and there walks in the fitter. Um, which is why I try not to be in the back too much. I really, if I can help it and I have enough staff for the day, I won't, I won't be in the back. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's those little attentions that, that attention to those little details that really define an experience and that really define an experience that someone has in a store. What are you hoping, you know, what are you, what are you hoping for people to, to gain when they when they leave your store um i want them to gain a 
renewed appreciation for for their bodies and for who they are. And I want them to feel confident. I want them to feel happy. I want them to feel relaxed. And most of all, I want them to realize that there should not be a negative stigma when it comes to bra fitting. It's supposed to be a nice experience. It's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to feel like you went to a spa for the day. It is not supposed to feel like, oh my God, I'm dreading it. I don't want to go. I'm not going. I'm pushing it off. Um, I'm going to be yelled at. I'm going to be told that I'm fat or that, you know, fill in the blank. So it's supposed to be nice. It's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah, you're changing changing the default. I think that's something, um, you know, most people when they when they look at you, they would not assume that you are the type of woman who spends all day talking about bras and panties and lingerie and and all of that. <laughs> and I think that people, I mean, listen, we all judge books by their cover. We don't want to admit it, but it happens. Um, and I think that you know a lot of people who look and, and see an ultra-Orthodox, a Hasidish woman like yourself, who spends all days talking about bras and panties, would be a little bit confused. What do you, what do you have to say to that? What, what, what would be your answer to, to someone who maybe was a little confused by you? So that's the original, that was the original thing that, kept, that held me back, you know, when my husband was like, um, slowly like inching his way towards opening the shop I'm like I don't want to be a bra lady I'm not a bra lady like I don't want to be associated with that and I can say that you know after all these years and thank god we're going on to we're going into our ninth year it's almost our eighth anniversary um I am so grateful I'm grateful to god that he gave me this opportunity to be in a position of building women. Um, you can look at it as a bra lady, and quite honestly, at this point, I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> I developed lots of thick skin along the way. Um, like sometimes I go to a trade show and I would introduce myself, right? I, I set up an appointment beforehand. I walk in if I've never worked with a brand before, and I'd be like, hi, I'm Rachel. And I, I, I would see that frozen shocked look on their face oh my god like this is Rachel <laughs> or even being when you work with the brand for a couple of months or years and you've never met the guy behind or the woman behind the brand and then you meet them and they're like this is you like for real so sometimes people walk in and they'll be like you own this place and mm. I and I look at their faces and I'm like yeah she's judging me right now Again, quite frankly, I really don't care. I know that we've built something beautiful. I know that, um, I don't even know what to say. I'm just saying I'm humbled. I'm so humbled that I was put into this position, not even dreaming that this is where life would take me. And to be in this situation where I go into the store every, you know, when I'm there, I'm there quite often, I just feel... I feel amazing. I feel like I literally do this. I sometimes walk to the corner of the store and I just take it all in. I just stand there and I take it all in watching the women interacting with the fitters. It's just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to me that we, that, you know, that I was able to take this horror 
of profiting and turn it into a place that's happy, that's calm, that's special, that women, I mean, you can, you can read that for yourself. Go on to Google and read the reviews. When you're bored, just read through them. And every single review that comes in, I read and respond to because I feel like every single one is like a testament to what we've built and women appreciating what we've built. Yeah. And it's, and it's a really, really, really special place. And what I also love so much about being in the stores is they, they almost feel like it's a party almost like, yeah, we're, you know, we're shopping for bras and panties, but it's not, it's, it's not a, a, it's not a sad or shame filled experience. It's a happy, it's a happy place. It's, it's a happy space to be in, you know, like you said, taking care of, taking care of yourself and, and that I think is something that a lot of places have not managed. Like I remember even, I mean, I've told you this story a few times where, you know, my first bra was just from Macy's and this was after they did, you know, when the first time that I got, they weren't was, doing bra fitting, right, they, they were still do- fitting at that point. No, no, of course not. Um, so yeah, no, the first time that I actually got fitted was by you a couple of weeks ago. And those, <laughs> and, and like, I remember that first, um, that first experience, I was maybe like, I don't know, like, 13 or whatever, I was getting a sports bra or something. And it was just strange. Like it was like, you're in this big department store and you're not sure if anyone's going to see you and you feel weird about people seeing you, but also everyone like has boobs. So why am I embarrassed? Like, it was just very confusing. Um, and seeing a space where that doesn't happen was actually really nice. And it was, it was just really, really great to see the way that you've, that you've set things up so that it's, it's just a much more pleasant experience. Well, I've had in the Lakewood store, I was there a couple of weeks ago and a woman walks in and she looks at me and she tells me, do you own this place? And I said, yeah. She says, you wouldn't believe every single time I'm having like a hard day, I come to your store, not to shop, just to, just to be, just to sit here, to breathe, to take in the beauty (laughs) of all the lace and the lingerie and just to take in the calm relaxing effect like going on around me and I loved it I said you you don't understand you telling me this is worth more than like a $500 purchase you would have made today because it just comes to show me that people value they value this idea they want it they 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 feel um somebody's finally listening to them and I just want to mention that as we were getting into this right we're getting into we're building the brand we're building the store and I'm like why don't we carry larger cup sizes? Like, why are we stopping at a certain size? What are women that are larger larger than that supposed to do? So that's when we started specializing in plus size. And plus size, not necessarily in the band. Like, forget about women that are, you know, just larger built. Um, think of an XL, a 2X, a 3X, where literally nobody was catering to them. Like, aren't they women too? And I'm talking about like, even like petite frames, women that are just really, really narrow built by nature and just larger chested. And that's, and that's, that's a challenge. So we went ahead and we specialized in that. And then I looked around and I, and I, and I looked at like the sleepwear market and I was like, women are coming into my store. They're asking for PJs. And sometimes they're asking for modest PJs. And there was nothing there. 
so we went ahead and we started doing that. We started custom making nightwear for the Orthodox community, even like pajamas. Like you would think pajamas, what's the big deal? I can pick one up at Target. No, no, I'm talking about the real plush, delicious, soft, pampering pajamas. Pajamas that make you feel like, I, I wanna get into bed right now. So it's really all about looking at the market, seeing the void and filling that. Yeah, and I, what I love also is that you are very unashamed about the things that you carry. You know, you're very, you're like, yeah, the market needs plush pajamas and that's what we're gonna do. Or the market needs larger cup sizes, so that's what we're gonna do. And people need this. And I'm sure that there was a, a point in time when you were embarrassed, let's say, to, to you know, to, to venture into those waters that maybe people hadn't before, specifically when it came to like bringing in nicer lingerie or sexier pieces or things like that. What, what was it just a slow process for you to get used to the idea? Or was it very clear to you that people need this, they want it, I'm going to bring it in? So I'm a pretty confident person by nature, meaning like when I decide I want to do something, I do it. Like I quit my full-time job when my business wasn't even making money because I felt this is, this is, this is my passion right now. I need to, I just need to continue building. Um, when it came to lingerie, I listened to what people wanted. I ventured out there. I went to see, you know, I went to shows. I went to see what the, what the market has to offer. And I did draw a fine line. I do have to say, and this is still true still today, I do not bring in very, let's call it racy things. Um, that's where I draw my line. I bring in beautiful lingerie in all different budgets and colors and styles that can serve a variety of women, starting from young to old. You know, everybody deserves to have, some, to find something special. Um, but that's where I draw my line. And I, sometimes people tell me, or they'll tell my fitter, you know, like you need this, you need that. And I'll say that I leave up to you. Like you can go online and you can try it. I'm not going to lower my standards. Like I have a standard and that's what I stick to. Um, I do want to say that I, tr we try to keep the lingerie not so in your face. It is more like to the corner, to the back so that you know, if women are coming in with young children and they don't want to expose them. I try to be respectful of that. And in Lakewood, which this, this was really another vision and I can't believe it's really coming. It's coming to life. I can't believe we actually um, dug out a staircase in our Lakewood store and we're adding a lower level. I'm doing a beautiful lingerie suite that is closed off from the rest of the store so women can really feel like they're in their own zone women brides anybody they can go in there and they can just have fun and not be pressured like oh my god is my teacher in back of me or am i gonna bump into my next door neighbor and you can just be in your own zone try on whatever you want to try on and there's it's going to be a beautiful lounge area with a coffee station just again to give that women a chance like yes you can buy lingerie and still party at the same time yeah i wish that everyone could see how much your face is lighting up now when we talk about this suite because it's <laughs> i know it's something that you've been working on for a while and um you know when things like that come to life i think that it's really really fantastic to find that balance between 
you know, listen, our community deserves to have these beautiful pieces, but also we go about it in our own way. Um, and you want to be respectful of the way that the community operates. And to say that we can be respectful of the way the community operates and still have these beautiful pieces and still feel great in our bodies is it's, I mean, it shouldn't be so revolutionary, but it kind of is. You're right. I don't even know like at what point bra fitting became and lingerie became like this whole huge stigma. Like as you said before, we're all women. Aren't we all doing the same thing? Don't our bodies look the same, give or take, you know what I'm saying? That's how God created us. And I'm trying to take that away. And as a matter of fact, every time I meet with brands, they're so um, amazed at what we've grown and what we've done in the Orthodox community. And sometimes they ask me outright, they'll say, I don't understand. I just showed this piece to another store in the Orthodox community. She looked at me and she said, no, this is not for us. And here comes Rachel and she says, yeah, give me one across. What just happened? I'm like, listen, when you're open-minded and you know your market, you know your clientele, you know what they're looking for, And don't get me wrong, we sell loads of just nude and black bras also. But the point is, if you want it, it's there. We have it. Yeah, that's that's a really fantastic thing. I love I love just chatting with you. It's always so much fun. I know. I think bra fitting is just (laughs) it's like a good, you know, just give me some kugel and let's talk about bras. Exactly. (laughs) And you're set for the whole day, right? That's it. I mean, sometimes I just stand in the shop and we, we can we can literally giggle and roll. Like I'll have women, when they want to get into a conversation with me, I can go on and on for the yep. entire day. It's, it's, it's just amazing. I know, I know. For now though, we, we have run out of time. So if, yeah, somebody totally. wants, if somebody wants to learn more about you, Rechi, where can they go? So they can learn more about my stores, right? So we have locations if you google it myself lingerie one is in brooklyn one is in lakewood new jersey um we also have a website myselflingerie.com we are actually working on revamping it now with size charts so that women can actually have an easier time purchasing from the comfort of their own home our website is amazing i like to consider it as our virtual catalog 90% of what we carry is on our website. So if you go on and you see size availability, chances are we have it in the store. Um, And how else they can come in and say hi. They can meet my amazing staff. That's that's the best way to do it. This was so much fun. And the last question that I want to ask you is what I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is to you, Rachi Rosenthal, what does it mean to make an impact? It means the world. I think we, 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 we touched on this so many times, right, during our conversation now. It's just, as I'm going to say it, I'm going to finish off that way. I'm so grateful to God for, having, for giving me the opportunity to make women look and feel beautiful all the time. Amen. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today, Rafi. I really appreciate it. Thank you it. for having me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Rafi, her links are in the show notes. There, you'll also find links to sign up and get early access to Black and Gold Friday starting this Thursday, November 26th. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com. 
To hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. They make my day. I love reading them so much. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifty Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.